This morning's gospel lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Like I said two weeks ago, the gospel of Mark is, well, the cliff notes of the gospels. The first one written, but Mark doesn't waste a lot of time. Mark gets right to it. In fact, as you heard, there's a critical word, a word that Mark uses over 40 times in his short gospel. That word is immediately, euthus, euthus in the Greek, and we get the word euthanasia from it. Getting over it before its intended ending. Mark is writing at breakneck speed, and he wants, to, wants us to get it. And he wants us to get to it immediately. For Mark, faith can't wait. And once the call is offered, once the call is accepted or not, immediately we must understand and take it on. Mark links Jesus' proclamation of the gospel with his calling of a band of disciples. And these activities are by no means unrelated. Jesus' proclamation is not just a set of informative words or teachings, but is a successful action that creates, you ready for this? Creates community. Mark is all about creating community and is taken up and continued by that community, Mark's community. Jesus' message appropriately characterizes as good news is the declaration of God's victory. An announcement of a wondrously new state of affairs breaking into the present. God's promise of a new relationship and restoration of the covenant that is made long ago with Abraham. For all humanity is now, it's now fulfilled. The covenant that he made with Abraham is now fulfilled almost 3,000 years later. 3,000 years later. Liberation, restoration, and reconcil reconciliation is now happening. What? 
But I wonder what happened to that word immediately. Jesus tells us that it is crucial to his message, just as it was starting out for John, John the Baptist, repent and believe in the good news of the gospel. To repent and believe, turning away from the prior trusts and loyalties, is a response to the revealing claim that the kingdom of God is at hand, that God is now immediately at work, graciously at work. And Jesus is calling the disciples immediately to follow his proclamation of God's kingdom. He demonstrates what the kingdom involves. Immediately, Jesus not only talks about the reign of God, but he now immediately enacts it. It sets the tone and lifts up that God, that God and God alone holds and exercises ultimate authority. Ultimate authority including the winds, the waves, the demons, everything upon earth. He is the catalyst of all the action. He calls the disciples immediately. He calls the disciples emphatically and with excitement. He does. That follow me is not just a follow me. It's a follow me. He is filled with excitement. Follow me are the only words that are reported that are said. And the disciples say nothing. They are drawn only by Jesus' summons, his call. And they follow before he has performed any miracles, any spectacular miracles that would serve as validating the credentials of who he is. There is no great works, there are no great feedings, no calming of the storms, just a simple follow me. A simple command, not a suggestion, but follow me. The text gives notice that they are elected to discipleship. Does that sound familiar? Elected to discipleship. Simply through the fact that Jesus claims them. And when Jesus declares that now they shall be fishers of people, their status is now anchored in the fact that Jesus has fished for them. For Jesus is the ultimate fisher. And they are the netted fish. The brothers responded to the call. Uh, James and John responded to his call the only way that they could. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, sorry that Norm is not here, but when I was growing up, I was always playing football or basketball or golf or baseball or football in the neighborhood. I was. I was from the time I got home from school, I made sure I could do my homework and get out to play. And when we weren't at my parents' house, I was away a few blocks, a few blocks down the road and we would play until it just about got dark or until I heard the whistle. <laughs> it was ear piercing. Yeah. You think that was good. It was ear piercing. My dad had it perfected. I could hear that whistle a mile away. Mom, not so much. Mom had to give me the time and my sometimes 
Somehow, sometime, my watch always stopped working. The battery or the winding always went dead when mom, but dad didn't allow that. She just gave me the time, but dad, man, when I heard dad, I knew that I better start coming. If I was in mid-dribble, if I was in mid-shot or mid-pitch, mid-at-bat, mid-pass, mid-stroke, I better get on my way. I better get on my bike or I, he better see me running down the road. I better get there quickly, immediately. Not doing so had serious ramifications. Two weeks, two weeks, no basketball, no baseball, no football, no anything else. And trust me, it only had to happen once because it stuck. It stuck. The disciples got called by Jesus. They reacted immediately. And we're told that the first action of James and John was that they immediately left their father. Well, folks, that's not what they did. The Greek used here is oh so much stronger. And it's the same word. It's the same word that would be used later on. Aphantase. They deserted their father. And that should not be lost here because it foreshadows the action that they took later in the gospel of deserting Jesus immediately when he was arrested. According to Calvin, God called rough mechanics like Simon and Andrew, James and John, in order to show that none of us is called by our own virtue. We are called because we are ordinary people, but we are called to do extraordinary things. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Like them, the disciples who misunderstood and failed Jesus at every turn. We too are in need of forgiveness for our multiple betrayals. Like them, despite our failings, we are slowly being transformed into followers of Christ. And like them, we are called not to the enjoyment of a private salvation, but to a public vocation. And like them, we are summoned by God to leave our very comfortable, our very comfortable surroundings and situations. And like them, we can find our inadequate attempts at ministry transformed by grace into extensions of Jesus' call and Jesus' ministry. Like them, the command, follow me, points to the way of the cross for us. And like them, we too are called to a life of risk, to a life of insecurity, perhaps to a life of self-doubt, but the reward, oh, the reward is great. Understanding that our paths will be corrected time and time again, but Jesus never gives up on us. God does not count our failures as the end of the story. And make sure that God, not us, has the final word. Because God is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. 
ready to re relent from punishing. Therefore, we can be bold. We can be bold and drop our nets. You and I can still drop our nets and follow him imperfectly most of the time, but, but we must remember and hold fast, trusting that when we can't, don't, or won't, God won't abandon us. Folks, that is the important lesson. God will never abandon us, but instead will meet us when we're patiently, when, and he'll, meet, he'll wait and meet us patiently when we are waiting to be taught, for he teaches us, and in the end, he will forgive us and redeem us. We're being called to understand that even our passionate faithfulness will falter, and still God uses us anyway. Isn't that the point of the text? There's hope for us. There's hope for you and I. As I said, we're, we're just unassuming folks called to do extraordinary things. The choice is clear. You and I all hear the words, the same words. Jesus calls us, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately. And sometimes we do. Amen. Let us pray.